0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by Ian Boyd and Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com. It's time for our Friday Longhorn live stream. Uh, Come to you each and every Friday at one o'clock. Talk a little Longhorn football and recruiting before the weekend. Uh, I tell you what, guys, big week for the Longhorns uh, on the recruiting trail. Really big month of June, uh, to put it in perspective. 41 official visitors uh, over the last two weekends. Now Texas is trying to uh, close the deal uh, with a good number of those guys. Uh, Daniel Cruz, who committed to the Longhorns on Wednesday, will be joining us on this live stream around 40 minutes past the hour. Uh, So hope you guys are able to hear the newest commitment for the Longhorns, the center prospect out of Richland Hills up in the DFW area. Uh, Jerry's here to answer some uh, recruiting questions. Ian's here to chime in on a lot of team stuff. Uh, But without further ado, we're going to go ahead and just get going into questions because there is a lot of information flowing right now. Uh, Let's start with this one uh, from Derek S. Is a target announcing today? Jerry, you want to take that? I've got some news on that as well.
1: Um, Look, I think there's a good chance. Uh, So I I think uh, kids are starting to feel the, the squeeze a little bit. Um, to be real. This is that time. I mean, Texas had six commitments this month. Five five of those are four stars. Um, I think that as the the names come off the board, um, you could get squeezed from multiple colleges right now, I would say, at certain positions. So uh, I will not be surprised.
0: I'm going to say this, Jerry. um, The answer is we don't know when the prospect is announcing uh, that uh, committed today uh, two two people are expected to announce tomorrow. That's Parker Livingstone. Uh, the wide receiver to Lovejoy is expected to announce around 1230. Uh, Jordan Johnson-Rubel is expected to announce it too. What we can say is that the one we're talking about is neither of those players. This person does not or had not had a timeline to our knowledge, so we don't know if he's now going to commit privately because he has started calling other colleges and telling him of his intentions, uh, but we're going to wait to and withhold that name. Uh, but suffice to say, I think Longhorn fans will be uh, happy with the
1: pledge, nonetheless. And, and, I, and I wanted to add, we have multiple silent commitments still, too. Yes. multiple.
0: Yeah. Multiple.
1: And so we're waiting. Yeah. Look, these guys do it a different
0: way. Each person has a different idea of how they want to do this, and and we try to uh, abide by that and not uh, not uh, break their their uh, their trust or anything like that. So we'll see how everything goes. But Longhorns in good shape. It is a different one. Then uh, perhaps maybe what people were thinking in Parker Livingstone or Jordan Johnson Rebel, not to rule them out, but just trying to explain uh, that for folks. All right, uh, let's go to this one. Thanks, Derek, for that question to get us started. Uh, Cole Hicks, do we have any updates on uh, uh, Vossick's progression, and is there a chance to see uh, any? Is there a chance he sees any time later in the season talking about Colton Vossick? Uh, Ian, what's the latest you've heard there, and whether or not you see him as a guy that's ready to go early.
2: Well, I believe uh, maybe Jerry helped me out a little bit, but wasn't he injured a little bit in the spring and missed some of the, um, or maybe if Bobby, he, you know, if he did, he did not miss the spring game. Um, he missed the spring spring game. He did? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, for me, it's a little hard because I didn't get to see him in the spring game. So it was hard to gauge, you know, what it looks like when he, uh, Runs into like, you know, Kirkland or whoever he would have faced. Um, Because a lot of the questions, I think he projects in the long term as a jack, a strong side end that's going to fill out and be really big and powerful. A lot of what makes him good is is sort of similar to Sorrell. He's good with his hands, he has a high motor, and his frame is probably going to fill out so that he's really big. Um, And so a lot of those things are like things that are going to take time or just things that you kind of need to see at the college level before you know how ready they are to translate. But um, I, I would think he might, I don't think he has a chance to be in the two deep this year. It's not like Texas is overflowing with uh, ready edges behind Sorrell. So.
0: Yep. All right. I, I, th- I think we'll see whether or not he's ready. Cause I don't think they have enough behind the starters at this point, not to, to test him if that yeah. makes sense. Uh, is that You agree well, with that, Ian?
2: Yeah, and it also, I'm remembering it'll depend on uh, where they use Jare Bledsoe. They use him out at end some, in that kind of role, or if they just make him a full-time defensive tackle. And, uh, you know, factors like that. Christopher Ross, if he ends up playing there. Um, and then isn't there another, maybe if Zach Swanson plays there some. They have a lot of different options right now. I think a lot of that's going to sort out in the fall.
0: Got it. All right. uh, We'll keep going here and and get your questions in. Please uh, ask questions. Feel free. We've got about an hour here uh, today. We're going to get to some uh, Inside Texas message board questions as well. uh, Before we get going, Uh, I do want to say thank you to our sponsor and make sure uh, we say thank you to Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to own your own business and get into the franchise game, give Andy a shout at 404-973-9901. Uh, or reach out to him at Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. He's got a system that uh, interviews you, basically asks you what you're looking to do and what kind of work you want to do, what business you can, what kind of business you want to want own. and then he goes through his entire database and tries to match uh, a business that is right for you and not just one, but gives you three or four uh, to look at and consider. Once again, that's Andy Ludicky, myperfectfranchise.net, good friend of the program. And we appreciate him deeply. All right. Keep going here. Kirk Copeland, Jerry and Bobby, over under on five-star commits this cycle. Two and a half.
1: Jerry. um, I'll take the over. I'm with you.
0: I'm with you right now. I'm taking uh, the
1: over. And, if guys, if that happens, it should be three straight top five classes.
0: Yeah. Right there. I, I, I agree the door. with you let's let's look at this a little bit and keep going here I think that uh, a couple other things I want to get to uh, Ron Mexico said Justin said that Parker Livingstone is committing at 6:15 today that's inaccurate uh, Justin's reporting 1230 tomorrow just so you know Ron uh, and I want to clear that up for uh, everybody uh, involved as well uh, Daniel Kenneman has a question guys who are the two deep on the OL this
1: year? I think the two deeps established. I think the question is who out of that two deeps is going to start. I think that's fair. So, so let's talk about that a little bit because
0: yep. I think this is a fair question, right? Um, if the incumbents start, right, it would be left to right, Kelvin Banks, Hayden Connor, Jake majors, Cole Hudson and Christian drones left to right. Then the backups at this point. Okay. Neto, uh, Cam Williams for sure. After that, who were the for sure guys uh, on that in that group right now? Because I don't know if we know who the for sure guys are after them, Jerry. Is it Ian, You want Peyton? to take
2: a crack at it? Well, they yeah, really want. They really want DJ Campbell to be one of them. That's for sure. Oh, right.
0: DJ Campbell should be. There's actually eight out of ten. Excuse me, right. I missed a um, there. You're correct, Ian.
2: I, you would say Connor Robertson but not if Hayden Connor slides to center in the fall. Um, that would be nine, but that's a contingent. And um, I'm trying to think of who the more established interior guys are. Is is it
0: Malik Ogbo at guard if you kick Neto out to, to tackle on that second string, maybe?
2: Yeah, I think Peyton Kirkland might be end up ahead of him, especially I think they're by his own reporting, on various podcasts he's done, he seems to be moving inside to guard for a chance to play. So he's he's a eight or nine, and then ten would be I think Ogbo, and then Ogbo might have a chance at that uh, Jumbo tight end because he's an older guy. So I, I think and I think he's he maybe has done a, a, some reps there even. So I think Ogbo would be the uh, the first crack at at the Jumbo tight end. Jerry Why you Evans.
1: Daniel, thanks for the question, Ian. Thank you for the answer. I'm I'm fascinated who's going to start at right guard, Cam Williams or D.J. Campbell. Somebody asked about D.J. Campbell's health. Last I saw, he was not quite at 100%, but he's getting closer. He should be good to go um, by the season in August. I'm fascinated to see if D.J. or Campbell starts at right guard, and I'm fascinated to see if Cole Hudson or Neto starts at left guard. I I, I think those are real battles headed into August right now.
2: It sounds like Hudson – And Connor are probably going to start next year because Hudson has just been really hard to beat when he's healthy. Yeah. And Connor is apparently having an amazing off season.
1: I'm interested to see if Hayden Connor makes a real move at center.
2: That would be, that's like probably the one that, that's maybe the first domino, right?
0: Yeah. That changes things because that also gives Texas a bigger guy at center. And
1: somebody Uh, said Stroh was second-team right guard in the spring game. That's true. That's because D.J. Campbell is out. Yeah. right.
2: But Stroh Stroh is – we'll keep an eye on that guy.
1: Oh, he's very – no, Texas loves Connor Stroh. Talent maximizer. Got it. Hey, uh, question from the Inside Texas message
0: board, guys. Uh, Colin Simmons and Kobe Black announcement timeline updates. Uh, I don't know that either of them have timelines for announcements. That doesn't mean they don't have ideas of where they want to go to school, correct, Jerry?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I, especially in the case of Kobe Black, right? I mean, um, I think you know, all everybody on IT that does uh, uh, recruiting prediction machine, all, everybody has met seventy five percent of taxes. I've not heard anything to back me off of that play. Uh, Colin Simmons, you know, question there. I think Texas is in a good spot, but the question there is 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 he really? going to move off the, how far off a timeline of December is he really going to move? I think that remains in question right now. I could something happen in July. I'm not ruling it out. Could something happen in August, September? It's possible. Um, could he go all the way to December? I'd put that a lower probability, but I'm not taking it off the table. I just look, I mean, it, Colin is incredibly savvy in, he's incredibly savvy in this process, he's got street smarts about him. Um, the question there with uh, Colin Simmons is, does he want to jump into a Texas class early and help build it, really, really build it class? And I think that's what's going to be in play here. If it, it, We'll see if he really shows up some more at the end of July. That's going to be telling as well.
0: So I just got a phone call. Uh, that's why I stepped out of the live stream, guys. It, it doesn't look like the player that we – that that uh, did go ahead and commit today looks like he's going to wait until tomorrow to announce. He did he did uh, pledge uh, to, to Texas. Uh, we're going to keep that name again uh, silent at this point uh, to respect them, but uh, that's interesting. Uh, Longhorns look like they're on a roll at this point, guys. Uh, let's keep going on this and, and really see – what we think about some other questions, please get your questions in another uh, inside Texas question at this point. Uh, do you think the staff and Jerry, this is you. Do you think the staff could circle back on Peyton Pierce linebacker up in the Dallas area? If they decide to take a linebacker?
1: Um, You know, I, I that's not a name we've heard. I, I think if Texas was going to jump in there, they would have, I I think there's, Wyatt Simmons out of Arkansas is an interesting name. at linebacker we've heard around. I think Eric's heard that. I think I've heard that. Um, so, I, I look, and Texas won't give up on Ty Anthony Smith and, and Justin Williams. I mean, Justin Williams is very much of a long shot. I don't think Ty Anthony Smith is an extreme long shot. I, I think Texas likes the guys they like, so um, I expect them to still stay in the fight. Because the one thing we know about the Texas staff is, they're going to recruit through the whistle. There's no give up in these guys until these guys until their top target sign letters of intent.
0: Got it. Uh, another question here coming in from inside Texas. Please get your questions in. We'll get them to them as quickly as we can. What is the injury status and expected health for Darian Gillette and Jalen Gilbo? Jerry, you take Darian Gillette. I'll take Jalen Gilbo. How about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Darian Gillette. Uh, he's back full strength in workouts. Um, it looks great physically. I, I walked by him a couple of weeks ago. Looks really good physically. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. I think this is a developmental year for him. He's got to learn a position that he's never really laser focused in on. Um, and there's so much that goes into that, whether it's linebacker, whether it's edge, wherever he ends up, it's going to be totally new to him. I know he was there in the spring and, and watched with uh, intelligent eyes, but it's different when you get out there, out there on the field. But physically, he's he's ready to go for August.
0: Got it. Uh, with Jalen Gilbo, he's in a little bit uh, different situation. He's still on the mend. Uh, so the guy that was the backup star uh, and actually competed and beat out uh, Jade Barron early in the season last year, before Barron kind of took hold of the position. Uh, he is uh, he is still uh, nursing that. Hopefully, getting better uh, by the day. We'll we'll see how that goes. I guess uh, in the coming days and weeks ahead. All right. Uh, as we keep going here. Um, Interesting question here, Ian, for you, and, and kind of get your thoughts on it from Waves Deep. Didn't we finish the season with a top 30, 35 defense? I think we can repeat that. I would say, Ian, do you think they can do better than that?
2: Yeah, I definitely think they can do better. Um, wow, I'm seeing them as... Uh,
0: I thought they are in the 50s or so, right?
2: Wow, I see them 11th in FBI going into this year which is adjusted um total age i mean i don't i don't really ever look at that so i don't even know what where they where they factored in there um what 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 did you say
0: you look at ian and and explain to what you're talking about to folks on on the live stream I
2: i was just looking at fei which is an adjusted stat uh if you look at total yardage then like you know, if if you're if you're a school that's dominating in the Mac and you're giving up nine points a game, well good for you, right? But if you were in the big twelve, you might be giving up thirty-nine points a game. Um FEI is one of those adjusted stats that just factors in schedule, the offenses you face, a few other situational markers, turnovers, I think. But um so Texas scored pretty well in adjusted stats last year, higher than the whatever the total total number that was just given 50 or whatever. I do think that they can improve on last year by either metric because of all the veterans they have in the secondary. The defensive line is probably going to be better. They have Jalen Ford backs. So they're probably better linebacker. They have a lot of continuity. Last year was the first year running the adjusted defense that they developed with Patterson's input. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I think pro- probably their expectation is to take a step forward. Although treading water wouldn't even be that bad.
0: Yeah, I mean the loss of Keandre Coburn and Mora Ojomo are probably the two big ones, and then Demarv and Overshown, uh as well.
1: Is is it fair that the Coburn and the Ojomo losses, the one game it would hurt Texas the most, would be Alabama, because Alabama is going to try to run that football? In your opinion, Bobby? I mean, I, I think so. But I think, as I think, as the season moves along, I think they'll be okay. I think in the, by week two, you could feel the losses of those guys a little bit with what we all think Nick Saban's going to try to do in that football game.
0: I, I will say two other teams that could give him problems, and I'm sorry you to step over here on that is Kansas State because they run the quarterback, yeah, uh, and then also Texas Tech also because they ran the quarterback. Those are the two teams that did did give Texas some problems in the run game last year. Outside I, of Alabama,
2: I would say Alabama also because you need defensive line depth in a different way in uh, September, whenever that is, than you do in yeah. Like, when do they play Tech? December third or something?
1: Yeah, November. Well, oh, yeah, um,
2: that's just a totally different deal. Those guys they wear out so fast in the heat, like you know, understandably as we all do. Hey, hey, Alabama. Bobby.
1: Before, oh, sorry, Bobby. Before he the next question, I'm going to answer two that I saw pop up. Um, Dominic McKinley. Where's Dominic McKinley at? Um, I still remain the same. I think coming out of the official visit to Texas, it was Texas and Oklahoma, the top two A&M third. I think all three teams are in it. The biggest takeaway from that visit was I I just didn't hear that that kid was going to end up at LSU. That doesn't mean he won't if this recruitment plays out to the Under Armour All-America game. Uh, first week in january which i doubt it does but right now that's the plan then who knows where that recruitment goes the other one was what makes brandon baker a five star um bobby i know you've watched this tape i look brandon baker i think it's a tremendous right tackle prospect he's got he he's got the initial foot quickness first and second step he's got arm length he's an over 80 inch wingspan guy at six four and a half similar to kelvin banks he was 303 uh, on his official visit to Georgia last week, so he's carrying 300 pounds really well. After seeing him in person at the Bergstrom Airport two weeks ago, um, but I think he's got body quickness. I think he's got. I think he's got a high football IQ. And those kids are well coached at Modern Day. Um, I think he's going to come in and be ready to compete at right tackle if there's an open spot wherever he goes. I think the guy's got all the characteristics uh, of the mental part and the physical part of the five-star uh, right tackle prospect. Texas undeniably needs tackles right now, Jerry. Especially a right tackle. See, that's what's interesting. Like Daniel Calhoun is the top left tackle on the board, and I put in an RPM for Georgia. It would be interesting to see how many tackles Georgia takes and does that change Calhoun's opinion of him at Georgia. But Baker and Texas at a right tackle fit is pretty interesting. If Cam Williams plays guard and competes against DJ Campbell this year and Christian Jones is moving on and Baker's an early enrollee, there's something there for Texas. And I think that's why Texas is doing well in that recruitment.
0: Got it. All right. I uh, want to say, uh, answer a couple of uh, questions real quick uh, here. Michael Schuler. thank you.
1: Whoa, for- whoa.
0: <laughs> what? I know. We just whoa. went over this, but I want to acknowledge my, Michael and thank him for the super, super chat. Over, under 5.5 five-star recruits. We said over and under of 2.5 five-star recruits. Jerry and I said yes. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the under on the five point five, Jerry. I'm under because
1: I don't know if they're actually in on six.
2: <laughs> yeah. Can and we I'm go over take, the I'm
1: take the under? I'm seeing it as a three and a half, three and a half to four range. You know.
2: Can we go over the list of five stars that Texas is realistically yeah. in on? Yeah. So Brandon Baker,
1: right tackle, modern day. Um, Kobe Black, Kobe Black, corner, Connolly, Colin Simmons, edge, Duncanville, um, Ryan, Ryan Wingo, Wingo will be will be. He, you know um and i'm trying to think here there's dominic mckinley there it is dominic mckinley so they're they're in on five guys that are going to be ranked five stars so that means i mean
2: Uh, so people can read how quickly you remembered the names as an indicator of where you think they might go over
1: (laughs) yeah i mean and you
0: just don't know um but we'll see you know there are guys that are on the cusp of it like wardell mack um, isn't, Gibson, you know, gonna, isn't Gibson? Don't know what kind of year TJ Lindsay's going to have at IMG, right, Jerry? Yeah, he could be a big riser. Christian Clark, Jared Gibson, yeah, you know there there are some guys that are going to hang around that fifty range. That depending on what kind of season they have, that number could go up.
1: And somebody just said Terry Bussey's a five star currently. That is, yeah, true. that would be another. And, one. And, and other people will be pointing out shortly that Texas will keep going after Micah Hudson. Fair enough. All
0: right, uh, from JR, 49, uh, 499 Super Chat, thank you so much. A lot of DB prospects, of course, all can't play corner. Who has the most potential to be a star safety? It's a great Corian question. Gibson or Selman Bridges? This is interesting. I think Selman is more of a safety. Corian could be more of a star. What do you think, Jerry?
1: Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I could see that. I, I, it will be interesting. I think I see Corian Gibson... And um, Santana Wilson, very similar. I think one of those guys is going to end up at star. And one of those guys sticks at corner. I see nice. them very similar. Uh, so, uh, Kobe Black, definitely not. He'll play corner, right? I mean, if Tex has got Wardell Mack, I think he's a corner all the way. Uh, so, then it comes down to if you get Corin Gibson, Corin Gibson and Adrian Wilson, Santana Wilson, who sticks at corner, who could possibly move the star. Yeah, you just don't know is the reality. I mean – you
0: could look at um, these guys. The reality of it is, is no matter their recruiting ranking, no matter what you think coming in, uh, a lot of times it changes on day one when they enter. And coaches see how they react to the ball, how they play. When they enter, stars don't matter. Um, and so I think that, uh, as I would advise any young man, uh, it's not so much important about where you're ranked and all that other stuff. It's all about trying to to uh, do the best once you get there. Uh, thanks for you. Uh, thank you, uh, Jr. Uh, for that as well. Hey guys, let's get to the to the uh, poll question we had this week. Um, our sponsor, Last Stand Hats. Uh, each and every week, we do a poll and/or trivia question. Uh, I, I posed this to the community here at On Texas Football. What is the oh. most talented position on the roster? Um, I was somewhat surprised by this, but not entirely. I thought quarterback uh, might get a little bit better. Uh, might might out actually beat out wide receiver given G-t- that quarterback has two, five stars in it among the four guys on campus, but wide receiver with 57% quarterback, 29 offensive line and secondary at seven and six defensive line. And I'm going to say this, Jerry, they have four guys that are frontline starters for most teams. Yeah. And in a two man rotation, I two, two team rotation of two men. That's a pretty talented defensive line. And then you have Sadir Mitchell. Playing backup. I mean, uh, that's pretty talented as well. Texas is a talented football team overall. I do want to say one more thank you to uh, last hand hats. Uh, All you have to do is go to last hand hats, use the promo code Bobby 10 for 10% off of that, uh, of their products. Uh, This hat right here is one of my favorites when I'm not uh, covering the longhorns. I I use that as well. All right. John Campbell uh, in the last few classes, Senior evals offers have been really good players. Savion Red, Jelani McDonald. Who are some guys that could be in that category in the 2024 class? Jerry, I'm going to leave that one for you.
1: I think depending on what happens at left tackle with Daniel Calhoun, Um, Weston Davis committed to Texas A&M offensive tackle. He's not a sleeper, but he's a kid that Texas hasn't gone full in on that I could see them going full in on. So that's a kid... That would qualify in that regard, even though he's ranked in the top 100 in the country by a couple of people there. I mean, I'm, I'm going, I'm kind of going down the list here, looking at anybody else in Texas that kind of strikes me in that regard. Bennett Warren, offensive tackle at Fort Bend Christian. Okay. He's, he's already been in the Texas on visits. He's ranked as a four star prospect. But again, that's a kid Texas could maybe push for, depending on what happens. Um, at the offensive tackle position. Um, going down the list, I mean, I, I in state, I think it could be a little tougher to pull those guys. I mean, um, safety, Roger Gradney at Rice, consolidated going to Nebraska is a really good player for me. Um, but I just, I think Texas is going to be full at that position. Uh, but we'll, let's keep talking about it. And I'm going to come up with a couple of guys I, I really
0: like. I, we got, I got some news for you guys. It's actually breaking a little bit here. Uh, Terry Bussey, who you just were talking about, Jerry, not five minutes ago, uh, has just put out his top five. I think it's going to be his final five uh, for the year. Uh, Texas, Alabama, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, LSU, the young athlete, wide receiver DB out of Timpson, uh, East Texas, uh, product. Again, big boy recruitment. Yes.
1: A&M, Bama, Oklahoma, LSU, and Texas. Yeah, I got a sleeper for people now. Vosky Howard at Timpson, Terry Bussey's teammate. Um, He is a highly intelligent kid, Vanderbilt Duke on him. He was in multiple events at the state track meet, and they were jumps. They were explosive, uh, the type of movement skills. Um, I look for him to be a guy who pops with people um, as a senior. And then Oliver Miles, a safety at El Campo. I, I another one that I think could uh, pop in the state of Texas as a senior.
0: All right. Good stuff. And that's interesting about Terry Bussey uh, as well. Uh, Matthew yes. Koshin, what separates Colin Simmons from the guys already on campus? Ian, I want you to, to chime uh-huh. in on this a little bit. It just seems illogical for a true freshman to start over someone that's been on campus a year. Is he just that advanced technically? I don't know that he's advanced technically. I know that he had 22 and a half sacks last year.
2: Yeah. Am I coming through <laughs> here? I look, it looks like I'm frozen on my own.
0: You may be. You may be. Ian. Go ahead. They can still hear you, bud. Oh, well, you can
2: hear me. Um, he's just a different athlete than anyone they have on campus or anyone they've had on campus in a very long time. He's like a Jeff Code Arakpo level of pass rushing athlete.
0: Sergio Kendall.
2: Kindle? Yep. yeah, maybe. I don't know if Kindle was. Well, sure. Okay, Kindle too. And uh, um, I actually, I bet he might be like a situational guy for the first year and then start in his second year just because he's got a lot to learn to really maximize. Um, It'll only be so long before they just want to get him on the field anyway. But I, I think he could, by his second year, he should start over just about anybody they're liable to have on the roster.
0: jerry you've been you've been up there to duncanville to see him your thoughts on colin simmons and what he brings that is different than baron sorrell ethan Burt, justice Finkley, those guys
1: i i here's what i think he's an alpha male he's an alpha um and he is uh going to be an early enrollee and he is not coming in with the mind he's coming in to college with the anthony hill mindset with a Kelvin Bakes mindset and that in level of intelligence to pick up scheme fast, be coachable on the board, take what is being the information being given to him and apply it to the field. I think he's going to start year one. If he goes to Texas, I just do. And that's not a knock on the other players. Uh, I think Colin Simmons is a different level cat.
0: Got it. Uh, All right. I'm going to stay with you uh, right now uh, for a little bit, Jerry, and, and really talk about this. Uh, next from Scott Goforth. Big report on On3 about NIL and collectives. We hear that Texas talks NIL, NIL late in the cycle. That's accurate. But what about these kids who are committing in June? When does that discussion happen? Look, the the good thing about Texas is you're you're it's not legal to talk about exact dollar figures in recruiting period. All you can do is point to what people have made in the past. Texas happens to have good proof of concept in that regard. Um, and so that's what's happening. They can't talk any kind of specific numbers until anybody is on campus. So keep that in mind, uh, that, that being said, the news uh, yesterday, uh, from Chris Del Conte saying, Hey, we're going to wait for a little bit and see what happens here and see what this all the new rule, the state rule means, as well as what, uh, the, uh, uh, the the rule uh, as it relates to tax related deductions means I think those are all good things for Texas. Texas is not hurting in that regard. Uh, the same time, I think that if Texas were able to give loyalty points away, I think it would have put NIL into overdrive. And you want to see a different level of, of positive. That would have been a different level of positive, in my opinion. All right, thank thank you for that question, Scott.
2: Sorry, Bobby, that is happening though, isn't it? The loyalty points?
0: Well, uh, Chris Del Conte came out late yesterday saying, hey, we're going to hold off on that based on new clarification from the NCAA. So they're going to wait for a little bit and see what happens. Uh, Ian, I'm glad I've got you back. Waves Deep has a question. If he stays healthy, I think Jonathan Brooks will flirt with keeping that 1K streak alive that Steve Sarkeesian has for his running backs. If he's primary runner, he could go for 1.2. Ian, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think we we debated this a little bit in a previous show. I think he can get there even if they split the carry some because he has a knack for the big run. And so I think he can he can have some games where maybe he does like 12 to 15 carries, but he still still breaks 100 yards in the game because he just has a knack for pulling away. So uh, yeah. I I think they'll keep I think I think they'll keep the streak alive. I'm not. It's not entirely clear if Sark really values that, or if he just likes it as kind of a recruiting ploy. And if he would ditch it if he wanted to go with the Georgia model of like be drafted and keep tread on your tires. I I don't know. We'll, we'll see on that one. I, I
1: I'll I'll say this. I think the biggest uh, thing for Sark with Jonathan Brooks is him having a good enough year to go pro. If you can send another running back pro early, hey, he goes up for about a thousand, twelve hundred yards or whatever it is, that is a recruiting feather now. I mean, because a guy that hasn't played much then jumps on the field and goes pro after one year, you're really setting yourself up and recruiting.
2: Do you think All he right. needs that, or do you think like Rashawn that maybe he could get drafted even if he's not? Because Rashawn had a lot of intangibles that we when- yeah,
1: yeah he's the intangibles king um kind of like the guy that's going to join us sh- soon yeah, yeah. Uh- <laughs> hey guys well, I want to say this real quick
0: uh, we need to say thank you to our sponsor we have Daniel Cruz now uh, with us we'll get add him to the live stream in just one minute first I need to say thank you to Andy Ludicky and his sponsorship of the Longhorn live stream on Friday afternoons Andy and his group at My Perfect Franchise specialize in getting you if you're interested. Into franchise ownership. Uh, so if you're looking to start your own business, uh, why not give franchising a call? Andy's a guy that can take you through it uh, and get you ready. His number is 404 973 9901, or you can reach him at Andy at net. That's Andy at net. All right, uh, Matt, our producer, will you bring in Daniel Cruz, young man out of. Uh, there he's, he's making sure his hair looks good, Jerry. Yes, sir. <laughs> Young man out of Richland Hills, committed to Texas on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Daniel, first of all, congratulations and welcome to the live stream.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me on this live stream, sir. Your shoulders are too broad for the uh,
1: picture. That's a problem none of us have.
3: It's a little big. Just a little big. Hey,
0: Jerry, you're the one that followed Daniel's recruitment so yeah. well for the folks at Inside Texas and on three in general. Uh, And we're really high on Daniel almost from the Uh, get-go. Tell folks a little bit about him and then feel free to start the questions with
1: Daniel. Yeah, Daniel is a guy that checks all the boxes here as an offensive line prospect, as a teammate, as a leader, just all this stuff he does. He can get into this more. uh, I think this summer's impressed me more with anything uh, about Daniel than on the field, Uh, and I love Daniel on the field as a player. Daniel probably remembers that August 17th day where I came up there to that practice, um, and and I saw him for the first time. But, I mean, I'm going to let Daniel tell everybody. He holds down a job. He's doing summer school so he can graduate early. He made four official visits in June. Uh, he's in the weight room with his teammates as, as it, whenever he's in town. I mean, uh, Daniel. I mean, first, congrats on the commitment to Texas. And Thanks. how do you keep that schedule, man? And how important is it to do all this?
3: Honestly, like keeping the schedule is is just really time management with my mom and just her helping me out with any everything. But like you know going to the weight room in the morning and then taking a nap, doing some summer school after that, then going to work. It, it can get a little hectic sometimes and sometimes a little bit too much, but like overall it's just getting ready for that like college schedule, basically.
0: Well, I'm going to ask the second question. Okay. My, my wife went to Richland Hills. I got to, I got to come really? here. Yes. Uh, she's, she graduated a few years earlier than you though. Um, <laughs> so the, the question I have for you, Daniel, you play tackle. You also play defensive tackle you're moving to center uh, in college, st- we think. Definitely interior offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what What are your thoughts about being recruited to play that position uh, and be, like, kind of the anchor of the offensive line?
3: Honestly, being an anchor of the offensive line, especially at center, you know, you got to be smart to play it. But, like, it just it feels really good to be able to play a position like that, being able to, like, be a leader of the offensive line and really just, like, bring everyone together and, like, have everyone listen to you and just just, like – the whole unit you know, of the offensive line, basically. It just feels really – I'm excited for the season, for sure.
0: Got it. Ian, you have something
2: for him? Well, Daniel, currently on your team, do you have responsibilities on either the offensive or the defensive line to to make calls or communicate with your teammates on the field, or is that all going to be a, a new a new experience for you?
3: So I am going to be responsible for most of the calls on offense as a, as a center. But, like, on defense, you know, they, come, they put me in a couple of games and a couple of snaps in, but not as – not as important, basically, but, like, for sure this year, since I'm playing center, they're going to keep me at, like, center for, like, half of the year, basically. Mm-hmm. And then – but, like, for sure, I'm making all the double teams, the protection calls and stuff like that. So, so
1: – So you are going to play some center this year for Richard? Yeah.
3: Okay, I'm starting so. center right now, yeah.
1: Okay. And are you going to – are they also going to keep you at left tackle some? Is it kind of dependent or or what? Or are they just trying to get you ready for college, which would be the coolest thing ever by coaching staff, by the way? Uh
3: So far, they are – my coach Hiles is a – offensive line coach but yeah he's getting me ready for college right now but he's also like hey if anything happens anyone gets hurt you know you're gonna know you gotta go left guard left tackle right tackle right guard and stuff like that but i can play all five
0: hey guys well. i think we gotta ask him the obvious question why texas why did you choose the longhorns over uh a&m ou texas tech whoever else uh recruited you i mean what what was your thinking of that uh and why texas
3: you know, the reason why I chose Texas was really Coach Flood and like the pr- the personalities that the players had there, and just like the connection I had with all the players. Like, it was one of the it was one of the coaching staffs that I've like I've been around. Like, it's like really family oriented, oriented, and like just awesome to be around, especially the players as well. Like, as soon as we played together, it was like brothers, and like we've been talking for years and stuff like that. So, that was really a big thing for me, like having a connection like that. Like, like here is like everyone is family to me. So like I can go to anyone's house and be like, "Hey, mom, how you doing?" Like, their family is my family. So, like, when I went to Texas, it was just like, you know, okay, like these are my brothers right here. So, like, it was really good being able just like find brothers and like, especially Coach Flood and like Coach Choice, especially. So, my relationship with them has been growing, and I really think I'm in like like family, basically.
1: Jerry, you good? You want to follow up? Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, recruiting is. The relationships with the player and your position coach and a coaching staff is big. Talk about your mom and your sisters and kind of their thoughts through this process because they made a lot of visits with you. They came mm-hmm. down to Texas multiple times. What kind of drew them to Texas? And it kind of was like, yep, yeah, Daniel, you're making the right decision.
3: Uh, for my sisters and my mom, they were like, this is a very like family place because during the visit, my mom was a little sick. And then so they're like, you know, let's take care of her. So they took her to the trainers. They found out what was wrong. They took care of her. They took her back to the hotel. And like constantly, like the other coaches, like stat other coaches, are uh, wives and stuff. Like they were asking, like, "Hey, is she okay? Did she make it back to the hotel?" And then like my sister was like, "Wow, this like this place really cares, just like about his mom and like about his family." And like, so it was, the big thing for them was just like, "This is a family." So like, they knew I was going to be taken care of. So they loved that about Texas.
0: Guys, we got time for one last question after this one. I get, I get one more. I get it. this last one, then you get, you guys get the the other one. Daniel, uh, obviously you guys—you uh, were commitment number eight, I believe, for the Longhorn recruiting class. Mm. Uh, second offensive line commit uh, with for Coach Flood. Uh, are you busy trying to recruit other players right now? You don't have to mention names or anything like that. Have y'all got a group chat going, that sort of thing? What's going on as far as other recruits? Y'all are trying to get into the class.
3: I'm definitely trying to get some offensive line recruits for sure. I know. I think. I think some of the other positions are like trying to get their positions as well. But like. I'm definitely out here trying to reach out to my to my friends that I've been around with since like sophomore year. You know, I really got to build a relationship with them. So just trying to get some more people to come be great with me and then you know get coached up by Coach Flush for sure. All right. Jerry,
1: you have one last one. Yeah, last question. And I've asked this to I asked Nate Kibble the same thing when he came on. Um, when you guys go on visits, you talked about that family atmosphere, but y'all are also looking at culture, right? You're comparing. A culture maybe it's what is the same as in your high school versus at these colleges
3: mm-hmm. what
1: if you found that the culture is at texas and hanging out and getting close to some of the players at texas how did that i'm not I want you to say anything negative about other schools but how did that compare to other schools you visited
3: definitely connecting with the players and like the culture there was just it was a little bit different from like every other place you know like but like the connection with the players is like out of this world, you know, but like the culture there, especially like you know, being in Austin, the 40 acres, like that's it's the next level of big, big deal right there. But, right.
0: uh, guys, uh, I tell you what, uh, that is going to be doing it for our interview with Daniel Cruz. Daniel, appreciate your time. Best yes, of luck to you and congratulations on your pledge, man.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate your time. Thanks. All right, have a good one, buddy. Yes, sir. You too. All
0: right, thanks. All right, that's Daniel Cruz, a uh, big time player, uh, center prospect from North Richland Hills, up in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex. Uh, Jerry, you were so high on him from the get go. Uh, you, you, you basically said, "I think I saw the best center prospect in the country." You yep. called me after you you visited him that uh, day on, on at his high school. Uh, he uh, has just impressed you almost since the first time you saw him.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, he just checks every box. Like when I was at Richland that day and talked to the coaching staff, all the answers were the same. You know, coachability, uh, hip explosion, ankle flex, everything you want to hear, leadership. Uh, works harder off the field than he does on the field, and he's a high-motor guy that never takes a playoff. I mean, just everything. And you know what they all, they all said at that time, too, is this guy will do anything he can to help his family. And you're seeing that he's working this summer while he's taking summer school. I mean, this guy just checks every box. I'll tell you the best part about that interview, guys, that his high school staff, he is best for Richland Hills at left tackle. The fact that they're moving him to center to help him Get ready for college as an early enrollee. I mean, I don't have a hat on, but go ahead to that coaching staff because not everybody, not many of those guys would do it, honestly. They're really helping that kid the best way they can. So kudos to that staff.
0: Yeah, that's that's good. You want to see coaches at every level support their kids like that, in my opinion. Uh, so we'll we'll have to wait and see how that uh, goes, goes forward. All right, uh, we're going to continue with questions here. Hey, Ian, this one's going to be a little bit different from you. Uh, and this one comes from the Inside Texas Message Board. Last year, we saw a huge jump from our defense from the year before. So this is an offshoot of that. Do you think our offense can make a comparable jump this year? Looking at all three phases, would you say they will be better, worse, or about the same?
2: On the, Will the offense be better, worse, or the same? The offense will be better than last year.
0: Even with the loss of someone like Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson.
2: Yeah, because it's hard to beat the passing game. Like, there's a reason that Texas didn't have any amazing seasons with Bijan Robinson as good as he was, and that's that it's just not as easy for a running back to affect winning in the same way as dominant wide receivers in a passing game can. Um, passing just scores points at a different level than running the ball with a, a freak like Bijan does. Um, so, uh, but I don't know that they can make the same leap as defense did. Cause defense had a long way that they were climbing up from in a, in a number of ways. I mean, defense basically was like, okay, we're going to establish a base defense that these guys can actually go out and get stops doing. They didn't really have an identity where they could get consistent stops in 2021. Um, so getting to that level was uh, made an enormous difference. I don't think, but they, they could make a pretty big they pretty could make a pretty big leap just with um, you know if Quinn makes the kind of leap that gets him drafted in the first round then it, it could almost look as it could it could it could maybe look as big as the as the leap that defense made last year and it'll be more exciting also honestly. This is interesting. What do you think about
0: special teams? Because I hadn't really thought about that. I mean is Sanborn look, Trejo punted well. Yeah, Burt Auburn was reasonably good. As a kicker, Will Stone good in kickoff coverage was good. Maybe they didn't break a big play on special teams last year. And right? I think
1: they're close. I think they were close with Keelan at the end of the year. I think they're going to be improved on special teams this year. And Joe D. Camillus, yeah. Which I think was an unbelievable hire to go yeah. with Jeff Banks. They didn't lose anybody big
0: on special teams, did they? Demarvin Overshone, maybe. He was he was he ran down punts.
2: They should be okay with just all the athletes they'll have to. They, I, at the very least, they should tread water. We did that show, uh, you know, a month or two ago, where we compared Trejo's stats to Sanborn's, and it was like almost a perfect wash. And then uh, Bert, Bert, sideshow Bert, probably a little bit better than he was a year ago. So, <laughs> that, I think I probably Jerry's right. They'll be a little better on special teams, but they're already pretty good. And, and well, here's,
1: here's here's an underrated part. Will Stone has a year in the program to continue to get stronger, right? I mean. Yeah. So does the kickoff go two yards farther on average, three yards farther? I mean, those are the things with special teams. But then the coverage side, the speed Texas has recruited. I mean, you're going to see Anthony Hill run it. You're going to see these guys, Derek Williams, some of these guys that they've recruited running down on special teams that are a different level athlete and animal. No, they got
2: opinion. Keelan back too, right? They got That's
1: Keelan. Kind of and amazing. Xavier Worthy and Jonte Cook. They're too deep at pump return, I think. And uh, Foster. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're going to be good.
0: Look, I think I think they got a chance uh, across the board. Just need some good play from a quarterback uh, this year is a big part of it. Uh, receivers should be better as well. Uh, all right, I uh, need to say thank you one last time to our sponsor. That's Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to get into the franchise game, look no further than MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy has a process whereby he takes you through uh, and asks you all the questions pertinent to a new business owner. Uh, So if you're looking to get into business ownership, uh, Andy is the first stop you should make 404-973-9901. That's Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net, a good friend of the program, been with us almost since the inception of On Texas Football, and we really appreciate him. All right, guys, we've got some other questions coming on. Please feel free uh, to add to the questions. We've got a lot going on today. Uh, Jerry, here's one for you. Uh, besides Colin Simmons, who do you think would be the most significant recruit to UT? I personally like Ryan Wingo, especially with Micah Hudson likely committing to U, uh, to Texas Tech. Hey, I'm going to add this one in there, too. Jay also wants an update
1: on Wingo. Uh, look, on Wingo, let's start with that. I, I think look, there's some confidence on the Texas side. Um, there's not a for sure timeline. Uh, for a decision but I think ever since the visit Texas has had some confidence there the communications continue to be strong with Wingo in Texas and again I'll say this again I you know you have a really good handle on a recruitment when a prospect like Wingo saying the same things that Arch Manning was saying the year before and then Arch Manning hosts Wingo on the visit you don't burn an arch as a host on somebody you don't think you have a legitimate shot at I mean, that's just not especially a wideout. That's just not the way this goes. So they, they're they having some similar thoughts and conversations about Texas um, and our hosted Wingo. And I think that is a positive sign for Texas. As far as the uh, other recruit. Look, I mean, I, I think because of timing, I think if Kobe Black jumped in in July from a ranking standpoint, that'd be huge. I, I You know, you you need to get a five star on the board in July if you can. And then you start to vault into that top 10 recruiting class. Then you keep really building that momentum Uh, because I think Texas is going to have a wonderful month of July from what I'm hearing. And if, if, if a Kobe black decides in in July and jumps in there as well, then you uh, you're suddenly in the top 10 and you're creating a lot of momentum again. All right.
0: Uh, Ian, you and I, as well as Jerry have all pontificated about this. Uh, But it's always a popular question from Nathan Rains. How many wins this year for the Longhorns?
2: Counting the postseason, should be twelve.
0: I'm going eleven, postseason included. I'm going eleven. I'm I'm going eleven and three.
2: Big Twelve championship and whatever comes after that. They 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 might be. and then they should win the game after that as well. So,
0: we'll we'll see if they if they win the Big Twelve championship, they're going to be in the hunt for for uh, the college football playoff. And then it's all there's no bets. <laughs> you know they're going to be playing a, a tough out no matter what uh, at at this point. Uh, in and by opinion. the way,
1: somebody brought up a great point. Brandon Baker, if he were to commit to Texas in July, that would be a huge one as well. That would I would agree with that as well. He'd be right there with Kobe Black. It's a five star offensive tackle from modern day. That yeah. would be a huge commitment nationally for Texas.
0: All right, uh, this one from USGU with RPMs from Wingo, Debose, Livingston, and Aaron Hampton. What is the max number of wide receivers Texas takes? I'm going to say this: four is the max number. Hampton is being uh, recruited as an athlete at this point, not as a wide receiver. So do not take him out in in that. Do not lump him into that group. Is there a situation where we stop chasing Micah Hudson? Or Terry Bussey? I don't think so because the max they're going to get to is three, unless they grab one of those two. Jerry, right?
1: Yeah, I'd agree, and and I think you're looking at a wide receiver class of three, and if Aaron, if they take Aaron Hampton, that's the athlete four. But I think I don't. I know Aaron Hampton Hampton's being recruited as an athlete. I think he's going to play wide out though. I just don't see. Anyway, he plays in the secondary with the guys. I think Texas is going to get in the secondary this class. I just don't. I just don't think that's what's going to happen. So four is the number. Um, Somebody, as we've had a few Micah Hudson questions. What does it mean that he hasn't committed to Texas Heck, I've been writing them down. That one's popped up a few times. Look, the one thing I'll say about Micah Hudson's recruitment is, and this was when everybody thought uh, he, he was leaning to Texas. The more he hears where he's going, the less he feels inclined to jump in there. (laughs) I'll say that. Uh, Do I think he'll go to Texas eventually? Yeah, but that's coming from somebody who knows him really well.
0: Got it. All right. uh, Let's take another one from the Inside Texas message boards, if you don't mind, guys. Um, In terms of team workouts, I know they are currently doing 7-on-7 in the mornings and workouts later in the day. I'm curious how the setup will flow into fall camp. Will the structure stay how it is now? but likely the team will just get deeper into the scheme play out playbook throughout July. Can't believe we're a month from fall camp. I can't believe we're a month from fall camp either. It is the last month has just flown by because I think the news has been so predominant. recruiting has just dominated the news news cycle. I would say this, they're going to, they're going to stay pretty much doing the same thing until they get together as a team right now. It's all workouts, uh, which are uh, can be, uh, moderated now, according to NCAA rules, and seven-on-seven uh, seven workouts, which which can't be. Long story sh- short, I think they'll basically keep doing that until the last week of July. Well, they'll probably take a two or three day break and then go and get going straight in uh, to fall camp. Uh, at this point, all right. Um, other questions here. Let's see what I've got. Got a couple other that I'm I'm trying to get through. Jerry, a lot of people want you to just spill it. I know. <laughs> but I don't think you're going to do. This hold is on, a good hold question Hold on, hold on hold, on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. They don't mean that. They meant the information. Chicken.
1: Yes, I was at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Everybody give me hell. I don't care. <laughs> lunch lunch <laughs> of champions right there.
0: How is Texas trying to improve recruiting in East Texas? Texas has gotten beaten on a number of East Texas guys. Uh, Silsby's Draylon Miller, who Texas did not recruit heavily, right. uh, committed to AM yesterday. Weston Davis out of Beaumont committed to AM. Uh Ty Anthony Smith, we think, is looking good for the Aggies right now. Uh, Terry Bussey out of Timpson. Derek McFall. The Aggies are, are doing well in East Texas right now. What has Texas got to do to change that, uh, you know, in your opinion?
1: I. Uh, uh, I think the thing is they got to push for some of those guys, and I really think Ty Anthony Smith was the one that they they really circled and wanted, um, and they just didn't get they just didn't get him. Uh, Texas didn't, like you said, didn't go after Draylon Miller. They went down to see Weston Davis, Albert Hardy, uh, former Texas uh, fullback, as the offensive coordinator at United. I think te- I, I think Weston Davis will stay in contact with Texas despite being committed to a i I'm sure he'll stay in contact with LSU too, uh, but I, I think Texas can make a push there. Uh, if they want to, but really right now, it's all about where uh, Texas is, is prioritizing guys.
0: All right. Uh, question here for you guys. Uh, good one. I think uh, Jerry and uh, Ian, which linebacker of the NFL does Anthony Hill most compare to for you guys? Ian, you have a immediate thought. I well, saw I know, you, I, I saw you go they, like this.
2: I know so I what they want me to say. I know what they want me to say and, and we're not going to go there again um they yeah. want you to
0: say Micah Parsons yeah. want me to say those that haven't watched this before that's what they want you to say
2: I I don't know I mean let's see him play linebacker for a minute yeah <laughs>
0: I think that's fair he's built uh, Jerry, he this up is up for you bud. uh from a-, a cone
1: uh I can't pronounce this yeah. I'm trying Any tight end news, Jerry, in recruiting? Yep, Langham Creek's uh, Jordan Washington, uh, top tight end on the board remaining for Texas. It was him and Reiner Swanson who committed to BYU. Jordan Washington announces July 4th. That's Texas uh, big over A&M, in my opinion. Uh, When he didn't make that official visit to Alabama June 23rd, 5th, that was really good news for Texas. My RPMs with Texas, and it's not changing. And I think he's a kid who you look at his rankings now, we should probably keep a screenshot of this. Senior year, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't end up being a four-star prospect because he's been a basketball guy. He's already up to two. I think he said he was 224 on his Texas official visit. He was 217 when I was there in the spring. So really taking the weight room serious, uh, not spending as much time in the basketball gym this summer. I think you're, you're going to see a guy that is going to have a hellacious uh, senior season at Langham Creek for Todd Thompson, the former Rice fullback who – uh, obviously played in that backfield with Trevor Cobb. Really good coach. Knows how to use Jordan Washington. So I think the tape is going to be excellent his senior year. He's got the body control. He's got the hands. He's got the explosiveness vertically. And he's he's a willing blocker as well. He's not afraid, he's not afraid to mix it up. And I think you'll get to see that on tape his senior year. I think that guy's going to rise.
0: Uh, Jerry, going to stick with you uh, and Ian right now. Uh, and one other question coming from the Inside Texas Message Board. Does the staff think Sadir Mitchell can help the DL in the Bamba game, or is he too young? Here's what I would say. 10 snaps is helping. Yeah. that That's where people, I think they need to readjust. If you're saying helping and playing 35 to 40 snaps, probably not. 10 snaps, it's possible. I mean, it's going to be early September in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I don't care if the game's at night. It's going to be hot. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's the same latitude, I think, as as Austin or College Station. It's gonna be hot.
1: And and look, I, I think you need, like you said, you need all six of your D-line rotation in that game. The all, all those guys, especially if Bama's gonna go run heavy in that game, as we all expect. I mean, I, I would I would think all six guys get a chance, even if it's five snaps in a game. So if he plays five snaps, he can help. Because I will say this. The second he comes off the ball, he's hard to move. <laughs> that we know. Gotcha. I want to say thanks
0: to everybody that's uh, been here. We have time for a couple more questions. Uh, thank you all for joining us for these live streams. Uh, been a lot of fun for us. Uh, thank you especially to Michael Schuler, JR, and John Campbell for their Super Chats. We really appreciate it. Uh, also, please like and subscribe the video to this video if you don't mind. It helps us in our YouTube algorithm. Uh, that would be great. Uh, let's get to a couple more questions here. And then we will be done for this Friday. Um, I like this one from Ski Breck. Where are some of the new recruiting grounds we are cracking into in the state of Texas? Itascasita, question
1: Atascacita? Atascacita was a big one. I mean, look, it's um, Cam Dewberry started at A&M last year. Kenyon Green was a first round pick um, it, to get a, Offensive lineman out of a task of seeded. I mean, AM claims they didn't want. I AM wanted And they, they brought him in on the big visit weekend, June 9th to 11th. That mean we. That would mean they don't want Blake Ivey, they don't want Ori Williams, they don't want Daniel Cruz. Fooey, fooey, they wanted Nate Kibble. Give me a break. So that he went to uh, Texas uh, over Texas AM, it, it, that's a big win. Uh, that's a big win for Texas, and, and that's clearly. One of the new schools. I like I like uh, Daniel Cruz out of Fort Worth and Richland Hills. I mean, it's not like Richland's going to produce a lot of guys, but in that Fort Worth area, I mean, look, DFW has been great uh, uh, to uh, along I twenty. That's the Lancaster, Duncanville's, all those areas. But further west, you know, Alito, BJ Allen, but tapping into Fort Worth. And here's the great thing: Jordan Johnson, Rebel. Uh, he commits tomorrow at two. He's from Fort Worth Brewer, even though he goes to IMG. If Corin Gibson closes out with Texas, he goes to Lancaster. He's from Fort Worth, so you're starting to get all those DFW areas now. And if Zena out of Allen were to go to Texas Way, like we expect, that's two guys out of Allen. That's been a tough school traditionally for Texas.
0: Recruiting two guys at Duncanville. Here's where I think, Jerry, I'd like your feedback on this. Okay, I think it's about expanding influence in on on and in and off of I-20. Yes. Okay taking it and even improving their footprint there. I think they're going to be successful in this, this class doing that. The sec, the two others, for me, that is really clear, the state of Florida mm-hmm. and the state of Arizona. Yeah. Um, right now, they already have two commitments from the state of Arizona, two of the top three or four players in the state, I believe. They already have a commitment from Jarrett Gibson. They're in on four or five others from the state of Florida right now. Yeah. To me, it's the new recruiting areas are Arizona and Florida and an expanding presence on I-20.
1: A hundred percent. And that's IMG Florida with kids like a Jaden Jackson, TJ Lindsay, uh Jordan Jothra Rubel, Rubel, who's at IMG now for Fort Worth. That's a big part of this SEC pool. You know, one of the things those kids go down to to IMG to get out to, to play at IMG and to get out of high school in December. Those kids are all drawn to the same schools, though, man. Just look where a lot of those kids go that have all the offers. But then, look, I think Texas is in a pretty good spot for DeAndre Robinson out of Orlando Jones. I mean, if Texas could win out for DeAndre Robinson over Florida, that means they would get three guys from Orlando in two classes. Jarrett Gibson is originally from Gainesville. Um, and Texas turned down guys in Florida, too, in this class. I mean, Kendall Jackson – out of the Gainesville view so he, I mean, he took two visits to Texas. Texas didn't even bring him back on an official. And he's a very good player. He'll end up at uh, Florida if he hadn't committed already. Uh, but look, if that Orlando area and that Tampa, Bradenton area are going to be big for Texas in the future. I really believe that with the move to the SEC. I, got
2: it. To, me, to me, I-20 stands out from what you just said. Yes. When I think Florida and Arizona, I mean, they got Bijan Robinson from, by all means, go and get elite players. But when I I think of those states, I think of like receivers, running backs, defensive backs, the kind of positions where Texas, state of Texas is generally pretty well off. Defensive tackles is the hard one. Yeah. And that's where the I-21 stands out to me. How do you get in there? Yeah. You're not really solving like nose tackle in Phoenix very often.
1: No, no, (laughs) no, you're
0: not. Neither
2: is the (laughs) Pac-12. right maybe utah though
0: yeah i'm sorry about that guys i had to take a a call real quick um uh long story short uh this has been the live stream we got one more question coming up Uh, i apologize for having to take that call but it was uh important uh one more question and i want this is a, a guy we don't talk enough about in my opinion uh zach swanson can zach swanson have any impact on the dl this year Questions come in from Brian Richardson. I think one of the reasons we asked this question, Jerry, um, is because we don't know if he's a defensive tackle or defensive end. Is he that guy that is that could maybe do a little bit of both, depending on what down it is? Ian, you you chime in here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Swanson has been kind of an unexpected surprise so far. He's By all accounts, he's been really quite good, Um, but he's still small. He's, still That's the like,
1: thing.
2: he's like 265 or something. Yeah. Um, he's not like an easy gainer. So he's not gonna it's not just a matter of um, you know, go support Dirty Martin's comeback grill, and then by August he'll be two ninety and ready to plug. It's gonna be a while before he gets that that weight up, probably. So yeah, depending on, you know, if they play if they use him in that um kind of that Mora Oshimo uh uh alfred collins three four defensive end role. maybe he sees the field earlier they slide him outside but i most likely just keep him in the back of your mind as a guy that could have an unexpectedly good upperclassman year once he's had the chance to you know down two years worth of milkshakes
1: and, and right. for instance he's 30 pounds lighter than um um Oh, gosh, uh, from Mississippi, Aaron Bryant right now. He's 30 pounds lighter than he is, maybe 35. So
0: he's more of that five technique than he is a three. I well, think he's a lot of A right now. Yeah.
2: He kind of projects to three, though, long-term. It's just, he does. It's just, yeah. not, just not there yet.
0: Got it. All right, uh, that's going to do it for today's live stream. Uh, guys, uh, we appreciate you all so much. Each and every Friday we're here. Uh, we've got some surprises in store for folks this coming football season. Uh, We're going to be on the road a little bit on Fridays. Jerry's nodding. Uh, We're going to be on the road a little bit these Fridays coming up, this football season. Uh, But more on that later at another time. Right now, we're going to be tracking recruiting uh, for at least the next 72 hours through the holiday weekend. I hope everyone has a safe and happy 4th of July weekend. Uh, No Jason Pierre-Paul's out there for any of you guys. Uh,
1: over this weekend, by the way. For I, Ian Boyd. I, and- by the way, by the way, before we go, somebody mentioned they brought, we're talking about best defensive ends at Texas. We omitted Tony Brackens in, in the last show. So we, I apologize for that. I mean, that guy's out there throwing hay bells in Fairfield right now. We should have definitely mentioned Tony Brackens. <laughs> All right. For Ian Boyd
0: and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of On Texas Football. Thank you also. to Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net.